Welcome, I'm Pastor Jamin Wentworth, the executive pastor here at Trevecca Community Church. We're so glad you're joining us to hear God's word. Each week we'll be streaming our service from the sanctuary just for you. Come along as we grow together and explore what God has to say to us. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me. And woe to me if I do proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a wage. But if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my wage? Just this, that in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might gain all the more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to gain Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might gain those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, though I am not outside God's law, but am with Christ's law, so that I might gain those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, so that I might gain the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel, so that I might become a partner in it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Joanna, for sharing the word of the Lord with us this morning. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, as Wow, immediate response. I am for it. Let's do that the whole time. As Pastor Jeremy said, I am Kayla Smith. Um, I am one of the pastors here at TCC. We have many, so I get to fill a niche role that's made for me in intergenerational discipleship. Uh, You can usually find me with the kids of our church, right here in the preschool wing, upstairs with the elementary students. That's where I feel most at home in most places is with the children. I'm also one of the team that leads the whosoever class. Shout out whosoever, right? It's a great, great gathering, and we love to celebrate together and learn from one another. Many of you know me well already, and some of you are just now meeting me, and whatever the case, I am so glad you're here. Welcome. Before we begin, let's take a deep breath together. Inhale with me. And exhale. Thanks be to God. Did you feel that? Did you hear it? The breath of God, right here in our lungs. This morning, we are taking a closer look at one of our missional practices, bridging and binding community. If you've been around TCC for the last couple of years, you may have already heard this phrase uh, in sermons, in discipleship groups, in Sunday school classes, posted on social media, or posted on the walls of the bathroom stalls, just some light reading while you're in there. Um, But to be sure that we're all caught up to speed this morning, let's remember what it is we mean at TCC by missional practices, and specifically by bridging and binding community. As a congregation, we have oriented our intentions and our resources around six key ideas. Christ-centered worship, formational storytelling, prayerful listening, making room, bridging and binding community, and equipping, empowering, and sending. 
The last few weeks have been a church checkup of sorts. So our family has become very familiar with the routine of checkups at the doctor. Our five-year-old, almost five-year-old, uh, is very excited to go see his doctor in, in a few short weeks. His doctor is going to look at his eyes and his ears and his throat and his lymph nodes and check his reflexes, checking in on exactly how his body's growing and looking for all of the signs that he is thriving. She'll listen to his breath. Inhale. Exhale. Monitoring whether his respiratory system is doing its job well. She's also going to ask a lot of questions. How's school readiness going? Is he eating his vegetables? No. And if any of you have ideas on how to fix that, you gotta, you gotta hit me up later because I'm all ears. Uh, Owen's doctor will help us ask good questions that lead to his thriving. In the past few weeks, Pastor Shauna has led us in asking good questions about this body's thriving. We've asked, church, how are we doing? How are we doing as we seek to center our worship on Christ? As we live and tell formational stories, as we listen with prayerful hearts, as we make room for Christ, for one another, and for ourselves. Today we are asking, church, how are we doing as we bridge and bind community? So here's what we mean by that. Trevecca Community Church is a church in a strategic position, bordered by Trevecca Nazarene University, Trevecca Towers, uh, Trevecca Healthcare, Walden Village, and the J.C. Napier District. The name Trevecca means a binding together. We build bridges between these communities and bind neighbors together in holy love to transform the world in the shape of God's kingdom. Within our congregation, we build bridges between generations. Amen. We build a community of all ages. To reach our neighbors, we need not just give charity or handouts, but share stories, develop mutual respect, and build enduring relationships. Through active listening and showing up regularly within our community, we practice neighboring at its deepest level and act as a bridge between the resources of our local community and the world beyond. So, like a doctor at a wellness check, let's take a close look. How are we doing? Let's look closely at our congregation's eyes and ears. How's our vision? How's our listening? How are our reflexes in this practice? What about our resilience or our readiness to build and to bridge and bind community? How's our breathing? Let's take another deep breath together. Breathe in. Good. Breathe out. Thanks be to God. In this passage of Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, we find a powerful call to proclaim the gospel. In verse 16, Paul writes that he is compelled to proclaim the good news of Christ, not by his own initiative, but by the gospel itself, as he notes later in verse 23. The good news of Jesus drives Paul. He must preach it. It's the Spirit of God that binds him to this mission, that breathes it into life, and propels him forward in pursuit of it. 
If he were to boast about it, well, it would be a little silly because this is the call he must pursue. It's almost like bragging about breathing. (laughs) Paul makes the case that his boasting would be entirely out of place. This is an inevitability for him, a reflex. There's no stopping the gospel, so there's nothing to boast about. The urgency and significance of sharing the news of Jesus inspires his every move. And that very inspiration, the spirit-filled urgency of proclaiming the gospel leads Paul to lay out for the Corinthian church exactly how upside down, like how you said that, or right side up, this call unfolds. Let's listen to verses 19 and 23, this time again in the message. It says, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life, I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Paul didn't just want to talk about it. He wanted in The Greek word here translated as to be in on it, or in the NRSV, to share in its blessings, is the word synkoinonos, meaning a fellow partaker. Paul is emphasizing that he seeks to be a companion in the good news, a partner, a co-participant in the gospel. Paul becomes a conspirator in the good news of Christ. Take another breath with me. Deep breath in and out. Thanks be to God. The word conspirator necessarily has some not so great connotations to it. Conspiracy theories abound these days, right? Like this one, the the moon landing was a hoax. Kind of silly, right? Uh, Back in 2017, I found one that was even sillier. Get ready. 2017, there was conspiracy theory going around that birds aren't real. They're just surveillance drones that the government has put out here. Yes, of course they are. Of course they are. They're surveillance drones out here to spy on us. I mean, that tracks. That'll work, yeah. Maybe a little ridiculous though, right? But what a tragedy that such a profound word carries a primarily negative connotation for us, right? Its origins, though, are full of hope. In Father Joseph Nassau's book, The Conspiracy of Compassion, he says this, Though for many, the word conspiracy conveys the sense of an evil plot that threatens established institutions, let's reclaim the original meaning of conspire, to breathe together. The conspiracy of compassion captures our breathing together for goodness' sake. Followers of Jesus are to be co-conspirators in the sacred story of salvation. We breathe together, not for evil, but for good, not for ruin, but for redemption, 
not for the upper hand, but for the lowest place. Conspire to breathe together. From the beginning, the spirit, the breath of God, has invited us into a holy conspiracy, a holy breathing together. God breathed life into dust, animating our carefully created bodies and welcoming us into communion. The story of God unfolds with rich imagery of ruach, breath, spirit, encountering and transforming the story arc, ever bending it back toward the creator. And in Jesus, the word God breathed from the beginning became flesh, ushering in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, who made himself at home on the fringes. Jesus, who listened to the stories of his community and was moved with compassion toward them. Jesus, whose attention was on the least of these. Jesus, who rose from the grave on the third day by the power of resurrection breath. Jesus, who breathes that same resurrection breath over his disciples gathered in the upper room, empowering them to build bridges and bind wounds in the power of the Spirit. This is the gospel Paul spoke of. This is the gospel that compelled him to speak. This is the gospel that bound Paul to his neighbors. For those under the law, he became as one under the law, gladly sharing in their community and willfully setting aside the freedoms he had come to know as a follower of Christ in order to earn their trust, breathing with them. For the lawless, he became as one outside the law, resisting the impulse to insist on their conformity to Jewish legal code, but instead wondering at the freedom Christ gives them in his law of love breathing with them. To the weak, he became weak, joining them in solidarity rather than in pity, bridging the gap between them, breathing with them. Paul became all things to all people, not to make himself more comfortable or more likable or more secure, but for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of this holy conspiracy. Let's breathe together. Breathe in and out. You just launched a conspiracy. Barbara Brown Taylor writes in her book, Home by Another Way, you can hear the word spirit in there, to conspire, to be filled with the same spirit, to be enlivened by the same wind. What happens between us when we come together to worship God is that the Holy Spirit swoops in and out among us, knitting us together through the songs that we sing, through the prayers that we pray, the breaths that we breathe. It can happen with two people, and it can happen with 2,000 people. It can scare us or comfort us, confuse us or clarify things. When the Spirit of God fills this gathering, friends, when we conspire together in worship and in service and in learning and in love, what a beautiful picture, right? It's amazing. Those thin moments where we can feel that the Spirit of God is as close as breath, 
Those are enlivening, inspiring, transformative. We are knit together, TCC, bound together, and it is good. It's easy to be enlivened by the same wind as those with whom we share common ground. You want to conspire with me about NPR stories or the Lord of the Rings or baking homemade bread? I'm there. I will talk about that all day. You want to conspire about raising children, about the Church of the Nazarene, or about trauma-informed practices? That's me. I'm your girl. I'll do that. It's easy to breathe together when we breathe at the same rhythm. But what about when we don't? Paul's ability to become all things to all people has had its share of critics. Maybe he's not being his full, authentic self, it could be said. Or maybe he's conforming to the world, neglecting the demands of what a life given over to Jesus should look like. Paul was not a chameleon, though, changing his skin based on his surroundings. Rather, he sets an example for us of what it looks like to hold non-essentials loosely all for the sake of the gospel, the gospel that compels him. Paul shows us what it looks like to acknowledge the breath of God, inhale, exhale, right there in our neighbors. He shows us how to conspire with those beyond our borders. He shows us the Christ-centered mission of bridging and binding community for the sake of the good news that God breathes life here, there, everywhere, in the churches with whom we have theological differences, in the addicted and the sick, in the socioeconomic and language barriers, in the deconstructing and the fundamentalist, in the believer and the non-believer and everyone in between, those under the law, those apart from the law, those who are weak, all of us. Breathe with me. Deep breath. Good. And out. Thanks be to God. So where does this lead us, Trebekah Community Church? It's time for our checkup. How's our breathing? Do we breathe deeply with one another here within these walls? I see us conspiring when we welcome the children into worship, wiggles and all. I see us binding when we hear one another's stories and celebrate the work of God among us. I see us bridging the gap when our doors are held wide for anyone and everyone to join our community, not just to meet a quota or to have any kind of token, but for the sake of the gospel? Do we breathe deeply with our neighbors, TCC? As a body, how are we doing as we seek to, to bind and bridge the communities on this hilltop, the 37210 community around us and beyond? How are we doing there? I see us conspiring when Rebecca's house offers groceries to college students. I see us bridging with our community as we deepen our relationship with our neighbors up and down Murfreesboro Road. I see us binding with our towers neighbors for the sake of the gospel. So then what about in our personal journeys? Are we willing to set aside the non-essentials to breathe with the neighbors around us? Consider the unique places and spaces in which you find yourself regularly, 
your workplace, your home, the classroom, the bus stop. Take a moment to think about the intersections of your life. How might God use you? Consider what it might look like to bridge and bind community there. How might our ears be tuned to listen to our neighbors, our eyes focused on where the Spirit of God is swooping in and out among us, knitting us together? How might our reflexes need attention? Is it our first instinct to build a bridge? Or is our reflex maybe bent another direction? How's our readiness for this bridging and binding for the sake of the gospel? We may not know exactly where to begin, but it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. My neighbor, Mr. Carl, set a beautiful example of bridging and binding community. Shortly after we moved into our home, he showed up on my doorstep with a bouquet of lilies that he had picked from his garden. And he said, pretty flowers for a pretty lady. And it was beautiful because then he shared with me that his wife Lydia had passed away maybe a few weeks before we moved in. And that was her garden. And he didn't want her lilies to go unappreciated. So they found me. Mr. Carl heard about a Bible study that it was starting across the street at our neighbor William's house. And though he had not been at church for decades, he shuffled over to William's house to be with people, to breathe with people. He noticed when families would be out walking their dog or on a walk with their children, and he would walk out his front door to see them and to greet them and to ask if he could join them with his slow shuffle. Mr. Carl showed us what it looked like to bridge and bind in our community, and so we took his example. And so soon we started to play in our front yard instead of the backyard, and when people drove by, we just made a practice of waving every time. And those waves turned into introductions, and those introductions turned into friendships and we remember each other's names. Now we regularly seek one another out so that we can bear one another's burdens and share in one another's celebrations, carry each other's mourning, take care of each other's cats, because that's a thing. We show up for one another because Mr. Carl showed us what it could look like to bridge and to bind in our community. Some of these neighbors who gather would never have chosen community with one another, I promise you. They would never have sought one another out. But we have bridged and we have bound. Our neighbors, our neighbors are conspiring for goodness' sake in our little corner of the world. Father Nassel writes, by breathing together, we seek to allow the Spirit to reignite the spark of fire, of passion in each one with whom, we are sh with whom we share the sacred space of community. It is the fire of love that will burn down the barricades of exclusivity and transform us into an inclusive community of compassion. In the same way that a runner's breath becomes more and more steady as they practice discipline and move their bodies, we as a church will find ourselves stronger 
with the practice of simply moving. Actively seek out bridges to build. Actively allow your heart to become bound to one another because the love of God is worth it. Who might God be calling you to step toward in reconciliation or in welcome? What if we discipline ourselves to look for the Spirit's movement among us, knitting us together and drawing in new, beautiful threads all the time in this great tapestry of the kingdom? Let's conspire together in the holy work of bridging and binding community, breathing deeply. (sighs) Thanks be to God. It's as simple as breathing the same air, believing that the same spirit that leads you will meet you in the places you inhabit this week. The same spirit that breathes life into you will meet you in the sacred, God-breathed life of your neighbor. We're going to spend some time as we have for the last several Sundays reflecting on how we might bridge and bind community. This is a time just for you to set your priorities and do something of a checkup on your own life. There are cards for you in the seats. Maybe you brought yours back. Um, Use whatever card you need to reflect. How will bridging and binding community become a practice that is a natural reflex in your life? How can you set some intentions to daily, weekly, or monthly seek to bridge and bind community? As Pastor Jordan and the band play some quiet music, we will prayerfully listen to how God might be calling us to this holy conspiracy. How can we go out into the world every week, specifically today with this prayer drive, expecting to meet co-conspirators, not enemies, not adversaries? Let's build bridges instead of walls. Let's link arms instead of holding one another at arm's length. Spend the next few moments listening, breathing, and trusting the Spirit to guide you. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can join us in the sanctuary at 1030 on Sunday mornings, live from our YouTube channel, or through our sermon podcast. If you'd like to give, you can give at trevecca.church slash give. For all other resources, you can find those on our website. However you choose to join us, however you choose to engage, we're grateful for you 